Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of, about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift. So as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. One of the biggest accusations in the church, yes, one of the biggest accusations in the church from well-meaning parishioners and foolish pastors is what we can call the we just need to statement. Yes, the quote-unquote, we just need to statement. In other words, we just need to get more people in the pews. Or we could say it this way, we just need to evangelize more. We just need to get more young people involved. We just need to have a better children's program, a better Sunday school. We just need to get more women involved in LWML. We just need to increase the giving of the church. We just need to add to our building. We just need to get a better website. We just need to get better music. And on and on you can go. Now, it is important to understand what is behind the quote-unquote we just need to statement. That is to say, typically... When a parishioner or pastor starts a sentence with, we just need to, it actually is inferring, it's implying that something is incomplete, that something is not right, that something needs to be done. Now, please do not misunderstand me. I'm not talking about how we use this statement for the need to repair a leaking roof or perhaps replace a rundown carpet or fix potholes in the parking lot or fixing the furnace. These are maintenance issues that need to be fixed. So the roof does not cave in. The church does not fall apart. We get that. That makes sense. Again, I'm not talking about these examples. Instead, I'm talking about things that pertain to the ministry of the church. You see, what often happens is one of two things. One of two things in the church. First, a parishioner or pastor can develop a sense of urgency or importance with a particular need or want in the church. There'll be an urgency and an important need with a particular item in the church. We often call these felt needs. 
That is to say, a desire can come forth from church members or a pastor that requires it to be addressed and fulfilled right now. As a result, the phrase emerges that we just need to do X, Y, and Z. For example, there may be a felt need that the sermons need to be more entertaining, the music more upbeat, the Bible studies more political, or the fellowship more social and friendly. And so regardless of the issue, there's a just need to do this, X, Y, and Z. Again, if these things are perhaps changed or addressed, that felt need within the parishioner or pastor will be fulfilled, will be happy, will be complete, will be whole. Secondly, if it isn't what we call a felt need, a desire from within the pastor or parishioner, parishioners and pastors can look at another church down the street or perhaps look at another church on the internet, on social media, and feel incomplete, feel lacking. For example, if a neighboring church has 100 kids for VBS, or if they have maybe perhaps 20 new members, if they have 20 new members on social media, or if they have a great big concert, well, regardless what it is, if they have something that wows us, wows the church, it can result in a comparison being made between the two churches. And once the comparison is made, a pastor or parishioner can then feel the need that their church needs to do something because it's lacking unless they just do X, Y, and Z. And so when the we just need to mentality burrows into the church, indeed when that mentality of we just need to, when that burrows into the church, when it finds its way into the church, the pastor and parishioner, they begin to function with Let's say it this way, with desperation. They begin acting like, well, they're behind, behind the other church. They begin to act like they're frantic, that they're needy. They begin to compare themselves to all the other churches around the town. They also begin running frantically in the church. Metaphorically, we could say that we're all chasing a carrot on the end of the stick when we give in to this mentality of we just need to. We're all racing after that carrot, trying to obtain it. Now, in a reading from the epistle of 1 Corinthians this morning, the Apostle Paul, he confronts this we-just-need-to mentality. In other words, in our reading from 1 Corinthians here this morning, the Christians in the church of Corinth were either ungrateful, indeed, they were either ungrateful or they were tripped up by a false theology that the Christian faith was somehow lacking, that there was a secret knowledge to be obtained that they didn't have. Or perhaps they looked at the riches of the city of Corinth and they felt that they were not keeping up with the Joneses. There's also a hint as we study 1 Corinthians, as we contemplate what Paul is saying, that there also seemed to be a discouragement in the church, feeling as if they were falling behind or in need as they waited for the second coming of Christ. To the point, though, the Christians in Corinth, they had the mentality that they were somehow lacking, that they were falling behind, that they were in need, that they were incomplete. And thus, Paul addresses them. And so in response to the Christians in Corinth, the Apostle Paul reminded them, get this, that they did not need a thing. In response to the Christians in Corinth, the Apostle Paul reminded them, indeed, that they did not need a thing. He tells them that they've got it all. He says to them that they are enriched in everything, all speech, 
and all knowledge. They had all that they needed for edification. They were firmly established. They were completely holy, despite all the problems that they had in the church at that time. But that brings a good question for us. But why? Well, they were complete, and they were secure and whole and established as a church. And the reason why? Because they had the grace of God that was given to them in Christ. They had Jesus. The Apostle Paul tells the Christians in Ephesus that same thing. Not Corinth, but in the church of Ephesus. We've heard this a couple weeks ago, that he speaks to the Christians of the city, not in Corinth, but in Ephesus, and he tells them the same thing. He says this in the book of Ephesians. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with, get this, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In the heavenly places. And so, dear friends, the Apostle Paul uses the same word in his letter to the Ephesians as he does in our reading from the book of 1 Corinthians. He uses the word everything, all, complete. They have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm, in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus. And so what Paul is telling the Christians in Corinth, as well as what Paul is telling you as Christians right here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, here in Minot, North Dakota, is that if we have the grace of God given to us in Christ Jesus, then we don't need a thing. In Christ, what Paul is telling you and me today, here in this time and place, as well as that church in Corinth, is that we have it all in Christ Jesus. In Christ, all the gifts are right in front of us as we walk through this veil of tears, awaiting the great last day or the death of ourselves, whichever one comes first. And so because we have Christ, And because Christ has us, we just need to do nothing. You heard that correctly. We just need to do nothing. You indeed heard that correctly. If we have Christ and his gifts, we lack nothing as a church. We do not need to do anything. But some well-meaning Christians will respond to this by saying, but that sounds like you're being lazy. It sounds like you are, well, you are being lazy Christians, lethargic in your faith. Nope, my friends, that's not being lazy. It's not being lazy at all. Instead, that's what assurance looks like. That's what confidence in Christ looks like. That's what boldness in Jesus looks like, knowing that we do not need to do a thing, that he has done it all. Think of it this way, baptized saints. If we don't need a thing, and if we have everything in Christ, You and I do not need to act like we are behind or look like we are desperate and frantic with our actions as Christians in our lives and especially in the church. I hate to say this, and it really bothers me to say this, but I have been to way too many churches as a visitor, visiting myself, where parishioners have pounced on you as a newcomer to the church with a frantic desperation so that you could fill their pews. You see their eyes light up and they pounce on you to try to get you in the pew because they are absolutely desperate. Tragically, I've seen too many churches given to the silly gimmicks of the world, sliming the pastor, riding a horse into the sanctuary, and raffling off a flat-screen TV because they're desperate to fill some, well, desperate to fill some misguided felt needs in their church. I've heard way too many stories 
where we compare today's church to the church of the 1950s. If we could just return to the good old days, all things would be better. My dear friends, all of this kind of thinking and this foolish talk, they function as if Christ is still dead in the tomb. Now please listen carefully. I love our church here at St. Paul's. I genuinely love this church. We have a beautiful building. We really do. We have a very, very beautiful building. We have great parishioners. I don't say that to tickle your ears. I say it because it's true. We have great church members here at this church. I love our church. I love our church personality. I also love our Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We have great doctrine. We have a great, great heritage. We also have a great state, North Dakota. Oh, I love North Dakota. It's a wonderful place to raise a family with a great work ethic and good family values. However, none of this makes us complete. None of this makes us whole. That is to say, if the acolytes were to burn this church down, which is a possibility, if our budget were to fall apart, if our synod would be dismantled by an unknown force, and if our state were to dissolve, we would not, according to the kingdom of God, need a thing. Hear that very carefully. If all that were to happen, we would be okay. We would still have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm by Christ Jesus. We would not need a thing. And regarding other churches, we need not compare. We don't have to. If great things are happening in another church down the street, as they rest in Jesus' finished work, God be praised. We can smile and say, God be praised. However, if another church down the street is doing great things to fill their felt needs or try to be more, well, more competitive, more complete, trying to attain that carrot on the end of the stick, we can say, God have mercy on them, for they have failed to realize that Jesus has already done all that for them, and we can pray for them. And so the point of the matter is this, we don't need to do anything at St. Paul's Lutheran Church to be more complete, to be more whole, to be more established because we already have everything in Jesus. He paid for all of our sins on the cross. He's not dead in the tomb. He rose from the grave to defeat death. He reigns at the right hand of the Father until he returns for us again in power and glory and majesty. He reigns, indeed, at the Father's right hand. And so instead, we get to function in Christian freedom with confidence, with assurance, with joy and hope. We get to do a variety of things to serve our neighbor here in this church and our community because we are already whole, because we're already complete, because we have all things. As my old professor used to say, we don't do good things to become a Christian. Nah, we do good things because we already are, because of what we have, what we've been given, the assurance that we have. And so baptized saints of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, hear this clearly, you lack nothing. You, indeed, you lack nothing. You are holy in Christ. You are baptized in Christ. You are holy saints because of Jesus. You have his gifts. You have his body and his blood. You are plunged into his death in baptism. You have the holy words spoken into your ears. You have the favor of God in Christ Jesus. And so you are complete. You are whole. You are free. You're free to live in joyful 
wholeness. You are free to live in a complete peace. You are free to live in loving kindness to your neighbor as we all wait expectantly for our master Jesus to arrive on the scene for the great last day. You have it all in Christ. Period. Not much more to say than that, except God be praised. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.